Did you hear about the mad gasser of Mattoon? This one's weird. The internet says it's true. Hi and welcome to The Internet Says It's True, where every week we learn something that sounds like I made it up, but it's really true part of the WCBE podcast. My name is Michael Kent. Thanks for coming back. I hope you didn't miss me too bad since last week. There are lots of new listeners lately. As I told you last week, the show recently broke into the top 100 in uh, history, and that is thanks to you. So I appreciate so much everyone coming in every week to learn a new topic. And I'd be a horrible podcast host if I didn't take this opportunity to invite you to become a tizator. You can join the fun stuff happening over there at Patreon. It's now uh, including a new monthly online meetup. We're going to do that and it's going to be a blast. But also you get every episode early and ad-free. You get the videos of the guest interviews, tons of extra, including access to my show Joke Story Trick. That's patreon.com slash Michael Kent to join up. Super easy. And uh, it costs however much you want it to cost from a dollar on up. Pretty much the best value since they stopped putting Beanie Babies in Happy Meals. Patreon.com slash Michael Kent is where you sign up. Hope to see you there. Uh, Later on in the show, we're going to be joined by my friend, comedian, and screenwriter Jay Black. One of my absolute favorite guests to have on the show. But first, let's dive into the story. It was the mid-1940s, and something was stinky in the town of Mattoon, Illinois. Mattoon, Illinois is not a large city. It's only about 16,000 residents, and there's not a whole lot to see there. Just a typical small Midwestern town. I've been there. There's a college, Lakeland College, where I've performed, and I remember being there. But in 1944... It was the site of some strange attacks. They've been described as several names. The Anesthetic Prowler, the Phantom Anesthetist, and most famously, the Mad Gasser of Mattoon. There's a headline from the front page of Mattoon's newspaper, the Journal Gazette. It describes a strange attack from the Anesthetic Prowler. The story described what was the very first of these strange attacks to be reported. Aileen Kearney woke up smelling something strong in her bedroom. Her husband was away on work and her sister and nephew were in her home staying with her and her two young children. This odor was so strong that she could smell it inside the house but assumed it was coming from outside. She described it as a sweet smell, almost like flowers. The smell kept getting stronger and stronger and soon she found herself unable to move, temporarily paralyzed from the waist down. She screamed for her sister, and despite opening the bedroom window and looking out, they couldn't find the source of the smell. When Aileen's husband finally returned home later that night, he found a man looking into the windows. He was described as a tall man, wearing dark clothes and a, quote, tight-fitting cap. Once the story was reported, others started coming forward. One of them was a husband and wife who reported the same experience. Urban Rafe and his wife had been the victims of a similar experience the night before Aileen Kearney. It was three in the morning, and they reported strong fumes and temporary paralysis. In the beginning of that September, there were four of these cases reported in the paper. Some of the victims had even been children, who became extremely ill after smelling the fumes. Immediately, stories started circulating as to what was causing this smell throughout town. Many people blamed one of the several industrial plants in town, the Atlas Imperial Diesel Engine Company. The police chief had mentioned that the smell they were smelling was most likely carbon tetrachloride, but Atlas issued a statement denying that the smell was coming from them as they didn't have enough of the chemical on site to produce that smell. 
They did mention that they had a large amount of trichloroethylene on hand, but doubted that was the cause of the smell, as every plant producing warm materials at the time was using those same chemicals and other communities would be reporting the same smell. So the mystery continued. For at least two weeks, victims in Mattoon were reporting a strange smell followed by dizziness, coughing, nausea, and temporary paralysis of the legs. No one died, but citizens were scared. At least 26 people had been affected. So what was going on? Was it just mass hysteria? Or was there really a mad gasser terrorizing the citizens of Mattoon? We'll talk about that after a quick break. Click here now to follow Wikilisten, the podcast where we read Wikipedia pages. Some pages are fascinating. Licking is the action of passing the tongue over a surface. I'm disgusted. Some pages are funny. The male spider mounts the posterior portion of the female's abdomen while rubbing his spinnerets. <laughs> spinnerets on her abdomen. Some pages are straight up shocking. Is considered offensive and vulgar. What? Go to wikilisten.com. If you love listening to this podcast every week and you want to show your support, that would mean a great deal to me. You can do that by becoming a Patreon member. We've got members at all levels, whether you want to pledge $1 a month or $10 a month. Just think about the value that you receive from this show. And if you like the histories and the stories that you learn about or the jokes that you hear, and if you think that they're worth it, consider signing up. For that, you get every episode ad-free and a week early, access to bonuses like the unedited videos of the guest appearances, and 20% off all merchandise. You can sign up today at patreon.com slash Michael Kent. That's patreon.com slash Michael Kent. There was a time that humans used 100% organic products as healing balms and moisturizers for their skin. Well, I've partnered with an awesome company that wants to get back to those times. Fatco sells organic and responsibly made tallow-based skincare products. For centuries, humans used tallow in skin moisturizers and healing balms, but unfortunately, the topical application of these fats seemed to stop around the same time that animal fats stopped being considered part of a healthy diet. A lot of modern skincare products do more harm than good by stripping your skin of its natural oils. Let's change that. You can try them out now at fatco.com and get 15% off your order by using my promo code INTERNET. Go to theinternetsaysitstrue.com slash deals for the link. As citizens were panicking about the possibility of being poisoned by something in the Mattoon, Illinois air, the FBI came to town and began investigating. There were very few clues. One clue was a small white cloth that had been left outside Carl and Beulah Cord's house. She had been a victim of the foul smell and had become violently ill. She said it felt like an electric shock. There was also a small, worn skeleton key and an empty tube of lipstick. It's unknown whether or not these clues had anything to do with the attack. When Aileen Kearney had smelled the smell, she thought maybe it was the first step to a robbery. They had a large amount of money in the home. Similarly, Carl and Beulah Cords thought that it was an attempted robbery and hypothesized that the white cloth held some sort of chemical that was meant to knock out their dog. After these attacks, the Mattoon police were inundated with reports of attempted attacks. Everything from prowlers, to cut window screens, to suspicious footprints around homes, to just unknown figures walking around in neighborhoods. The description even changed from a man to a woman at one point, to a buzzing machine, and a blue vapor. At this point, the police strongly believed 
they were looking at mass hysteria. Maybe something happened, maybe there were some initial attacks, but now the community was on alert. Remember, this was 1944, the middle of the war when everyone was already on edge. They thought maybe it was the Nazis testing chemical weapons. Yes, in Mattoon, Illinois. The community formed a vigilante task force to try to find the gasser. The police had reached a dead end, partly because of all the false alarm calls and unrelated cases being reported. To this day, no one is exactly sure who the mad gasser was, but the most likely suspect was a local man named Farley Llewellyn. Llewellyn had studied chemistry and was sort of a loner. He lived in a trailer behind his parents' general store and even had a chemistry lab inside the trailer. Now, a trailer with a chem lab in 2023 would point to a completely different thing than it did in 1944. In 1944, he was just seen as eccentric and strange, and it didn't help that he was a homosexual, something that got him shunned by society. Now, the Mattoon police knew about Farley Llewellyn, and after the first few attacks, they started watching him, but the attacks continued while he was reported as being home. So, those were either copycat attacks mass hysteria, he was working with someone else, or he had nothing to do with it at all. One theory is that Farley's two sisters, Catherine and Florence, helped him conduct the attacks. Some historians have claimed that the entire thing was mass hysteria. Only four of the 26 victims saw a doctor. There was very little physical evidence, and all of the symptoms reported also coincide with symptoms of mass hysteria and anxiety. Sadly, this wasn't enough for the citizens of Mattoon. His parents placed him in a lunatic asylum later that year. So we'll never really know whether the mad gasser was Farley Llewellyn, his sisters, mass hysteria, or a combination of all that. What we do know is that the story is still being talked about to this day in Illinois. The internet says it's true. It's time for the part of the podcast where I call a friend. And today I am calling Jay Black. If you listen to this podcast regularly, you know Jay. He's a comedian and screenwriter. He's a regular guest and friend of the show. Good to have you back, man. How you been? It's just nice to be the friend of a show somewhere. You hear that phrase all the time. Friend of the show. And I'm like, when am I going to have a show to be friends with? And now I do. It's Michael Kent's podcast. How Friend doing, of the Mike? show. It doesn't that sound. It makes the show sound so official. No, I, I wrote that not even thinking like that, that. How that sounds. But yeah, man, it's good to see you. you. You've been working a lot. Been doing shows. Yeah, so I've been doing a lot of shows. I started my own podcast. It's called The Internet Also Says It's True. Ah, I just it. take whatever you did, and I do it a week later. That's like that's, the Price that's... Is Right one dollar. <laughs> <laughs> you got me. No. So no, I, I started my own podcast that uh, is a TV show review podcast that I do with my friends Angela Cataldi and Rhea Hughes. So that's been keeping me busy, and uh, you know, doing a lot of uh, movies. I got a movie coming out in April that I wrote and uh, produced. Are you allowed um, to tell us the name of it? Are we are we at oh, that yeah. stage yet? So it's called Her Fiance's Double Life. It'll be on Lifetime. Okay. It's about a fiance who has a double life. And guys, uh, spoiler alert, it's not a pleasant one. <laughs> oh, <It's>, no. <laughs> his double life isn't doing charity work for children. Oh, his double life like involves murder. Should be on A&E or something. Yeah. Well, it's a lot. I mean, listen, it's, it's a very good one. Everybody in it is super duper hot. 
So if you're a Midwestern housewife looking for some soft core to get you through the weekend, I'm here for you. So come did, check out that movie. All right. So you uh, did you cast yourself as the uh, the protagonist? No, no. I mean, Mike, look at me. I am falling apart. I <laughs> I am going to be starring in a true life drama about whatever disease they diagnose me with in the next year because it's got to be something. You're going to be in the the true life drama of East Palestine, Ohio. You're going to be the one of the citizens. <laughs> uh, yeah, we by the saved way, on makeup. He already looks like he's falling apart. Look at this guy. I'm I'm claiming it here and now on this podcast. The title for that film is Railroaded. Just oh, it's one hundred percent copyrighted right there done in All perpetuity right, writing it down we've got a week actually you know this this podcast comes out in the beginning of of march on the 6th so uh if someone beats me to it i'm screwed although i have used that joke with my wife at least four times so she can attest <laughs> well and here's the thing with the uh trump era de uh deregulation there's a chance by march 6th seven or eight more derailments will have happened so people are going to be like wait which one was this that he's talking yeah. about and then railroaded will be like you know the uh, who's the guy from Flint, Michigan that does the documentaries? Uh, Michael, oh, Michael Moore. Uh, Michael Moore. That'll be like a Michael Moore style called railroaded. It'll be about all of the railroad accidents, not just Let's the one. Let's do a serialized podcast, you and me, trying to get to the bottom of it. And at the end, it's just what we thought in the down. first episode. I am down. I have been wanting to do a serialized podcast so bad, and I haven't really? been able. To, yes, I have one story in mind, uh, a true crime story from my hometown of Urbana, Ohio, that happened uh, in my last year living in Urbana. Um, two kids got murdered, and wow. the prosecutor, the, yeah, the prosecutor in the case is the guy that lives in the house that I grew up in, so I have an in there. Wow. And the sheriff in the case, who worked the case, is somehow distantly related to me. I know, I know him, but... Um, you know, he's he lives down in Florida, retired. I don't know if I could get him to talk about it and all that, you know. So I, I but it's a great story. It's not a great story. I mean, it's a it's a terrible story, right, it's but, a terrible story. but it's a it's a thrilling story. Um, I just like well, the idea of like a, 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 a dramatic serialized podcast because I have really enjoyed listening to a few of those, you know. I have made it clear in all of my uh, after death documents that no one is to serialize the, my death should I die under circumstances that require such a thing. Yeah, my 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 friend Lance, uh, Lance Thompson, who you may know, he's he's been a guest on this show a couple times. Yeah, um, he is. He's very much uh, he and I argue, not argue about this, but he's very anti true crime because he sees it as, you know, exploitation and smut because he has sort of a true crime um, story that's happened in his family, and he's seen it from that perspective of the, you know, being the exploited. I don't, so, I don't really have an issue with that. I just I, honestly, if if there is a interest, a story that people are interested in, I don't know if it's exploitation to tell that story. I just think and I've said this for years when I'm dead, I won't care. Yeah. So even if like I die, like I, I, I stopped and there was a guy who had a, a couch he was trying to move. And I said, I'll help you out. And then like nine months later, my head was found on the shore of Lake Michigan. And somebody goes, OK, we got the hook for the podcast. Uh, I just want my family to know I don't care. I'm dead. <laughs> like, honestly, either I'm in the abyss or I'm in paradise. Either way, 
I don't care what happened when I was alive. None of it matters. No, but you want your you want your kids to have the uh, you want your kids to have the fortune made from the movie, right? Like no. When they- so, Mike, Mike, here's the thing, and I this is when I die. This is why I think that there is no such thing as ghosts because if a ghost existed, all a ghost would ever try to do was try to get you to die. Right. If there was an afterlife, that what do you mean out cool? of out of loneliness or like come hang out with no. me? No, because if there's a heaven, right? Like, yeah. wouldn't like haven't you ever gone to like Cancun and then called your friends and go like, oh my god, you got to go to Cancun, it's awesome. Like, g- ghosts should not be saying like, That's oh, true. you gave the wrong watch to my grandchild. The ghost <laughs> should be like, you should totally kill yourself. We have this a buffet awesome. in heaven. It's awesome. <laughs> That's come a good point. You know. Pen Pen Gillette uh, has a, a a book about how you know if you're a, a Christian in the truest sense of the word, yeah, and and you meet me who is an atheist, it should be everything you do to try to evangelize toward toward or proselytize toward me. Yeah, it that is that is you caring, and if you are a, a Christian talking to an atheist and you don't proselytize that's like saying that's that's like you know thumbing your nose at this person like i don't want you to have what i'm gonna have and it's like oh i went on a great vacation where'd you go can't tell you yeah yeah you gotta tell me yeah gatekeeping heaven is the name of this book that you're gonna write right if i die and there's a heaven i won't care what happens because guess what my kids are gonna die and join me so what do i care what they do for 70 Piddling years on earth you know you gotta <laughs> turn it in the afterlife do i care if you're poor or upset no you're gonna join me in the afterlife and if there's nothing i also don't care because i don't exist anymore yeah. i'm a scot free after i'm dead i don't care you don't have to worry about me michael i'll be dead probably within two years you don't have to worry about I, me just please rerun this podcast and be like well jay would have wanted us to talk about him two things a i hope you're not dead in two years um if Luckily, not, if I make it two years, if Mike. nothing else, because uh, you're the only person that says yes to this podcast and I might still be doing this show and I'll need guests. Uh, <laughs> and secondly, I tend to think of of the afterlife as the what how I think of the before life. Right. Like I I anticipate my afterlife being the exact same as the way my life was before I was born. And that is it doesn't exist. It's nothing. And, and right. uh, I didn't care about it then. And I won't care about it after. And for the same reason, I won't be around. Yeah. So that's how I feel there's about a, it. There's a small possibility. And I honestly think that this is more probable than like floating on a cloud with a harp that I wake up in a simulator and I look at my score and it's not very good. <laughs> like I, like I, I get up and I'm like, oh, uh, I got a you 40. know what? Put me back in. Yeah, let, yeah, let's run this again. I'd be pretty cool, like being rebirth, rebirthed as like one of my dogs too. That'd be that'd be pretty. Or anyone's dog, that'd be pretty great. Listen, if we had that technology, we're all coming back as animals to do weird sex stuff. That's, that's <laughs> it. We're just coming back. Uh, let's get into the podcast. Yeah. So for this first question, we are going to play for a joke, and if you get it wrong, you got to tell me a joke here. Is your question. In the mid-1940s, the town yes. of Mattoon, Illinois, was the site of which one of these attacks? A, a man went around gassing people and became known as the Mad Gasser of Mattoon. Mm. B, a group of anti-government militiamen barraged themselves in a diner and called themselves the Free Men of Mattoon. Or C, a swarm of bees terrorized the town, which the news called 
the killer bees of Mattoon. Uh, see, I'm, I want to say bees, but I not I the letter like, B. B like no, bees, the, the bees. Yeah, but I feel like I went through a bee phase in my childhood where I looked up a lot about killer bees because it was. <laughs> it, it, you got to understand, I'm a I'm a Gen Xer. We grew up with a lot of weird fears. One of them being that killer bees were on their way. Yeah, I think I would have known about that. Right. So. Uh, killer bees was just above quicksand on our list yes killer bees quicksand and the worst was when you would get in the quicksand and it was filled with killer bees yes that was like the one you You didn't want to fall couldn't run away but knowing what i know about uh the america uh that i i have uh lived in in the last two years i think that there's a high probability that there was a group of uh, militiamen that tried to take over a town and uh, it never got reported, at least it, it, that I learned about it, because it happens so often in this country. So I'm going to go be the militiamen of Mattoon or what the, the free men of Mattoon. <laughs> well, this podcast wouldn't be a podcast if we chose the answers that were uh, the most probable. So the answer is A, a man went around gassing people and became known as the mad gasser of Mattoon. I'm now, surprised that didn't enter into the public lexicon where like the in my opinion and i'm expressing this here for the first time uh, in this in this podcast i think the only reason that this is a story that people talk about is because of that title the mad gasser of mattoon because there is there's no you know what okay so i'm taking a little bit of liberty by saying a man went around gassing people they think that possibly a man went around gassing people but for several weeks in 1944 people started complaining of this really strong smell to the point where they were going to the doctor. Um, some people were becoming temporarily paralyzed, coughing, vomiting, passing out for two weeks, right. all smelling this really strong chemical smell. Uh, and they do think possibly it was this one guy who was like a loner who lived in a shack or lived in a trailer behind his parents' right. store and had a chemical lab in the <laughs> in the trailer. Um, but, uh, yeah, the mad gasser attacks of, uh, Mattoon. And, and that man went on to form 4chan. Yeah. People don't know that. <laughs> Very likely. He said, I'm going to, I'm going to turn this into a lifestyle. Well, all right. I owe you a joke. Yeah, man. All right. Here's my joke. I got a good joke for you. Couple. They're about to have sex for the first time. They start to start kissing. It's starting to get hot. And, uh, you know, they're fumbling, taking off their clothes. Guy takes his pants off. Girl goes, oh, oh, ooh, oh, what's going on with your knees, man? And he goes, oh, no, no, I have uh, measles. And the lady goes, you mean you have measles? And he goes, no, 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 measles. It only affects my knees. I'm like, all right. So they continue kissing and uh, gets a little hotter. Guy takes his socks off. And she goes, oh, ooh, oh, my goodness, what's going on with your feet? And he goes, oh, I have uh, polio. And she goes, you mean? You mean polio? And he goes, no, 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 polio. It only affects my my toes. Goes, All right. So they're kissing a little bit more, getting really into it. She takes his pants, his underpants off. And he, she goes, wait, wait, wait. Before you tell me, I got it. Small cocks. <laughs> you can't see me unless you're on Patreon, but I'm raising my arms in a V like, like Pearl Jam's Jeremy. It is fantastic. Oh. Well, I'm glad that you spoke in class today. Uh, but, uh, <laughs> I gnashed my teeth and bit the recess lady's chest. How could you forget, Michael? Oh my God, that's high school. That is that song is high school for me. Uh, I looked one up too for this week. Uh, what did one Egyptian say to the other when they farted at the same time? 
What? what? Looks like we've got a toot in common. Ah! <laughs> oh boy. So uh, yeah, that was, that was actually a really good joke that you told this week. That's the uh, one of the better ones we've had in a while. You're welcome, America. This is what you get when you when you book comedians on the podcast. Um, <laughs> that's so. And uh, let's move on. Uh, question two for this question: We're going to play for seven billion dollars. Oh, or, nice! I or could use that. Thirty-five fictional internet points, whichever is more accessible. Oh, all right. Well, so, I mean, I guess it depends on whether or not you work for the Fed. Yeah, that's that's true. But I know it's true for me. Uh, okay, which one of these is a real nickname for the city of Mattoon, Illinois? By oh, the boy. way, okay. have you been to Mattoon? There is a there is Lakeland College there. I have performed at Lakeland College in Illinois, so I suppose yeah. I have been it's, to Mattoon. I believe it's a nooner. I believe it's a they do a noon show there. I remember there was a subway in the student activities center or in the yeah, the student center. Yeah. No, and I, I will say that having recently just done two nooners at Moraine Park College, uh I I was explaining to somebody because I think people have an idea of what our our comedy life is or our <laughs> magic life is. And they were like, Wait, where are you? And I was like, Wisconsin, where are you performing? In a uh, cafeteria at 11.30 a.m. The people that didn't know I was coming. Yeah. And they're like, wait, and they pay you for this? And yeah. it's like, actually, quite well. Quite yes. well. That's the only reason I'm doing this. Right. Uh, it's I, not a, out of my love for shouting jokes at uninterested college students. My God. I did two uh, nooners last, uh, late last year. And both of them were, look, the students that came loved it, right? Like, the yeah. students that were there and paying attention loved it. But it is so difficult to, A, get people there, especially right now when college students are just full of apathy. And yeah, oh yeah. and B, just it's even before the pandemic, it was a hard sell. Uh, you know, like they just want to eat lunch and, and play Magic the Gathering or whatever they're doing on their tables. Um, some of them are literally studying and you're right. performing and playing music and everything else. And, and uh, yeah, it's, it's a tough gig. And it's, it's that thing where it's like if you, even if you were like doing a show that they came to. And you weren't good. They would give you more respect than the guy who is literally shouting at them while they're trying to eat. Like that's <laughs> your job. Is like, to, uh, at what point the difference between the only difference between me and like uh, an unhoused person who broke into the college and started ranting is that I'm getting paid to be there. That's it. That's <laughs> true. It's true. Okay. Well, we went off on a little uh, side quest there, but uh, one of these sure. is as only one of these is a real nickname for a Mattoon, Illinois. A. Okay. The sneaker capital of the Midwest. B. Okay. The bagel capital of the world. Or C. Not a chance. The C. The chicken capital of Illinois. I'm tempted to say B because that would be something an idiot would do <laughs> he's like where he's like we got to get an identity for our town let's just claim that's like some trump level like let's just say <laughs> i have the biggest building i'll just say that this town in in illinois makes the best bagels in the world i'm going b let's just go b <laughs> the answer is b they claim to be the bagel capital of the world. <laughs> now, despite this nickname, there is a actual place that probably has more claim. Monticello, New York, claims that they're the bagel capital of the world because they're the birthplace of the bagel. Yeah. And New York and it, makes it, a little bit more sense than Illinois. Just, um, just use this small <laughs> litmus test. Has anybody in the history of the world said, oh, you're... 
you're going to Illinois, you must try the bagel. <laughs> no, the answer is no. no. So no, apparently they happened. once claimed to have the largest bagel factory in this town. Uh, right. I don't know if that was true, but both cities still to this day celebrate an annual bagel festival in the summer. So uh, right. <laughs> they claim to be the bagel capital of the world in Mattoon, Illinois, home of the Mad Gasser. Uh, <laughs> well, we know what happened. Everybody got brain damage that's from right. the Mad Gasser in the 40s. Yeah, and they were just like... They, they couldn't they, taste anymore. They're eating McDonald's saying, this is an amazing bagel. <laughs> this uh, McGriddle's the best bagel I've ever had. <laughs> All right, question three. You're one, one, one for two so far. You're one and one. Yeah. Question three. For this question, we're going to play for the sticker. The internet says it's true sticker. They're three inches, they're square, and they're sticky. One of these gases can kill you if you inhaled it. Only okay. one of these. Which one of these gases can kill you if inhaled? A, xenon, B, phosgene, or C, argon? Hmm. Well, let's see. They put xenon in, in lights, right? Phosgene sounds made up. That sounds like genes that uh, Bob Fosse would endorse. <laughs> Like, when Kick I'm dancing, change. nothing nothing gets between me and my Fosh genes. Um, argon, both xenon and argon are noble gases, and they're inert. So uh, I'm just, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to go argon. I feel the, ar I'm feeling argon. The answer, Fosh gene. The, Fosh gene. The Bob Fosse gene is uh, extremely poisonous and was used as a chemical weapon during World War I. It, was, it killed 85,000 people, and uh, it is a pulmonary irritant, quickly filled enemy trenches due to it being a heavy gas. So, oh, um, boy. Yeah. That's why I, some, I have asthma, and that's, like, the way I at least want to die is through, like, pulmonary things. Like, I, would, I would ask politely if they could just mortar me. If I was in World War One, like so, I, I come, I pop up over the trench and be like, "Are you doing the gas or the mortar? Could you do the mortar, <laughs> please? Yeah, make I'm it fine quick. With either. I, you can kill me. I just don't want to die from pulmonary stuff." Now, so COVID was probably pretty frightening for you then with asthma. Way frightening. Yeah. I well, so I have asthma my whole life. I know what it's like to lay in a bed and wheeze and not be able to like feel like you're catching your breath. It's a terrible feeling. Oof. And, you know, the idea, it's why I never smoked, uh, it just it, the, the idea that that's how you go, that that just keeps getting worse and worse and it doesn't get any better. That was just super frightening. So, uh, you know, even when people were like, oh, it's just the flu, um, you know, the flu can be deadly. I don't want sure. the flu either. Yeah, pneumonia sucks. So you, you need breathing. So and I, I understand there are some people that don't have the issues that I've had, uh, and I just would love to have that that feeling that you uh, you can get air whenever you want it and you don't have to take a puffer sometimes to make it so that you can breathe. Now, uh, the very first COVID death I heard of that was like someone I knew was uh, a, a guy who's like a great supporter of my show. He comes to, to see my show whenever I do things in town and his son had asthma and uh, oh, yeah. and died. And that was like the exacerbating, you know, uh, thing. And uh, I was like, oh, my God. And he was like my age, you know, so uh, super, super scary. Yeah, yeah. Well, I'm glad that we're we're past the uh, the worst of that, and uh, and you know, now does does that ever affect you when you're performing, like when you're doing a comedy show? Do you have trouble getting air? Yeah. So uh, now that I'm so I I'm starting back at the gym. Um, I I got a I actually got a uh, membership. So it's tomorrow's the day one, Michael. So you're seeing me at uh, at well, my absolute. You told me here. last time you were on that during the pandemic you got hot. 
I got hot and then I got unhot and I got to I want to rehot before 50. I just want to spend okay. my last few years at 40 is hot. Yeah. So, uh, you know, occasionally, especially when I'm carrying extra weight, like I, I'll I'll lose my breath a little bit, like going up the steps, you know, and it makes you feel like super out of shape. But I got to remember, you know, if I don't take my asthma medicine before I go on stage, there's a chance that like I'm trying to re-regulate my breath while I'm yeah. on stage and it takes a few minutes to uh, compensate for that. Sure. So, yeah, we have a uh, new advertiser on the podcast is a book called The Power of the Streak. And she talks about, you know, try, get, going from that thing where you're like, I need to work out which is where I am right now. Like I know I want to work out to actually like doing it and coming up with whatever routine is going to be pragmatic and work for you. So, um, you got to do it. Yeah. 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 All right, man, let's move on to question four. So far you are one for three. And for this one, we're going to play for permission to release the memory of something that bothers you from the past. So if you get it right, I will personally grant you permission to stop carrying that around in your head, whatever it might be. It's something that if you want to tell us, you can tell us. If not, good. it's just I got yours. something good. Okay, I got good. something bubbling. Yeah. Which one of these is really a law in the state of Illinois today in 2023? A, it's illegal to put hats on dogs. B, it's illegal to give a lit cigar to a dog. Or C, it's illegal to go swimming in a pool if a dog is also in the pool. Hmm. Well, C sounds like something that you could actually believe someone came up with at some point. So it obviously can't be that because it's reasonable. <laughs> so I'll, I'll go with the hat one. The hat. You can't the, you can't put a hat in a dog. That the, sounds like some sort of, you know, like Christian uh, thing that happened in the 1800s or something. It would be amazing if you knew this. Too bad. It is giving a lit cigar to a dog which is incredibly illegal in the state of Illinois. The law also applies to cats and any other household domesticated animal. So, I guess uh, that makes sense. I mean, as an asthmatic, I could <laughs> yeah, see there's right. probably like a lot of asthma uh, dogs that have asthma. So you don't want to <laughs> exacerbate the asthma. I get that. I, I once wanted to do a series, like a whole season of this podcast that was dumb laws from every state. Uh, well, yeah, and now that the Republicans are in power in a lot of those states, they're, they're multiplying, They're Mike. coming back. Yeah. <laughs> Some of these ones that went away are coming back. Uh, yeah, but yeah. like, you know, so these like old antiquated stupid things. And, and the goal, if I did that, would be to get someone from each state on for that oh, episode. Cool. Yeah. But then I thought about like the logistics of doing that is a nightmare. A lot of logistics. <laughs> it's just, yeah. Well, it's it's one of those things where, like, you know, as a performer, you know, like, if you show up at a comedy club, say, and there's, like, a rule where they go, like, you can drink whatever you want, but, like, you you can't have any whiskey, um, more than three whiskeys. And it's, like, a real, like, specific rule, and you're, like, there was a comic here who had five yeah. whiskeys and, yeah. like, beat that up rule, a police horse, right? That rule like, has someone's name attached to it. That's the Jake rule or whatever right. it might be. Yeah. that We call that the exactly. Dustin so Diamond rule. you know rule. at some point... I'm sorry, I shouldn't have gone there. He's somebody's passed. walking around going, Hey, does your your dog want some cigar? And people are like, No, thank you. And they're like, No, no, he does. And he just shoved a cigar in the dog's mouth. Yeah. And eventually they were like, We gotta, we gotta take care of this. This this is insane. <laughs> this is happening. And way every too time much. the cops would show right, the cops would show up and they'd be like, Listen, there's no law on the books. If a guy <laughs> wants to shove a lit cigar into an unwilling dog's mouth, he has full right to do that. And then they were like, well, get the town council together. We need to fix this problem. <laughs> That's probably exactly what happened. 
there were some city specific dumb laws in Illinois, um, but uh, none of them that I found in Mattoon. So if they are on the books, Mattoon, I didn't find them. Uh, well, you've done incredibly poor in this podcast so far, Jay. You are yeah, you are one it. for four, but you can make it all up yeah. with this next one. Um, and, and this one's like okay. a double or nothing thing. This one's for all the marbles. Uh, and if you get it right, I'm happy to have you back. What is the most interesting thing that you have learned this week? So it's a thing that I sort of relearned. I got a good one, uh, which is, you know, when they make whiskey, I, I mentioned whiskey earlier. I have whiskey on the mind. Two um, percent of it evaporates. Right. Okay. And they call that the angels share of the whiskey. Oh, right, right. Yeah. I remember right? this. Yeah. Yeah. So that part I, I sort of relearned. The second part that I learned is that if you ever go to like the Jack Daniels uh, uh, distillery or Maker's Mark distillery or any of that, it looks like all of the signs and the barrels have been scorched with black. And you're like, oh, is that is that part of the process of like, you know, you need to have like scorched wood? Like, why is that? It's not scorching at all. It is a fungus that is fed by the angel's share. Whoa. When that whiskey evaporates, a fungus eats that. It eats the alcohol that gets evaporated into the air, which is why all distilleries look like they're surrounded by burnt wood because it's a black fungus that grows on the wood. And I thought to myself, is there not a better metaphor for how we see alcohol? Yeah. <laughs> Where you're like, oh, that alcohol disappeared. I guess the angels wanted it. And nope, it was a fungus that was growing on all the wood around you. It is the angels had nothing to do with it. It was just a fungus growing on you. And uh, I thought to myself, that's whiskey in a nutshell and a pretty good metaphor for my drinking days. That is correct. Uh <laughs> I was I was at the Maker's Mark distillery and I don't remember necessarily seeing that. I mean, everything's dark in those, you know, they, they store these barrels. Well, but. so I, I, I will say the one thing I did read about Maker's Mark is that they go with black wood on purpose so that you don't see the fungus. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Yeah. So they that did was, show us although, like. Although I will say that that was in a Reddit reply. So that also could be completely manufactured. Well, the Internet says it's true. So it's it's in keeping I mean, with the, uh, you know, you'll know pretty quickly if a Reddit reply is wrong, because then there will be 20 other replies just berating the person uh, right. and, and downvotes yeah. and everything else. Yeah, man. By I, the way, just just as, as a side, Michael, I'm sorry. Sure. Is it me or is Reddit the last sort of bastion of the Internet that we remembered from like 15 years ago? I feel that way, too. Yeah, because because like. Like that. Remember, dig. There was D-I-G-G oh, yeah, I... dig um, and Reddit was like like si similar to dig and Reddit does it was the knockoff of dig. Yeah, it still feels like the old Internet. And I'm always amazed when I go to it that it's still there. There is a magic website like this, too. There is an there. Is, the magicians refer to it as like the green monster or whatever, because it's like green mess, like old style message boards and people still oh, wow. post on it. Um, and. As bad as it is, it's horrible. And as bad as it is, it's the best way to get like a really quick review because magic is such a guarded, sheltered art sure. form. It's the best way to find the truth about a product from people who are actually using it um, and to find like the latest, greatest news. And it is, I mean, it's and you like have to a, be a member. Uh, Yeah, yeah. You have to sign up, but anyone can sign up. I mean, there's no like, you know, you don't have to be a magician to get a membership. You just sign up. Uh, There is no 
like litmus test for it. You know what I mean? Anyone can go on there and just flame the magicians, but it is a legitimately 1998 style website. Like, I mean, it is, it is exactly like what we remembered. Uh, and it hasn't changed since its inception ethos of those days where it's like, you know, you, you actually got clout by knowing stuff. (laughs) You know what I mean? Like you would post it, you'd go to like a iMac web forum and you'd be like, Hey, something's wrong with my G three iMac. I need help. And then like the reply that actually fixed the problem was the one where everybody was like, congratulations, not the one that said, hey, cuck, real men don't need to have their computers fixed. They just use their alpha energy to make them work again, which would get like 700,000 upvotes on uh, Twitter. Or this whatever. is true. This is, it's, it's an amazing diagnosis. You are you are that's that's really accurate. We've lost the uh, the, the age of expertise is gone. And it's right. And, or at least and like that guy wanted... who was writing was Steve Wozniak and they didn't know yeah. that, you know, <laughs> yeah. like they didn't, they didn't care. This is, you know, this is the Anthony Fauci of, uh, on Twitter, you know, and people saying like, uh, and, yeah, it's, I just miss when like the person who understood your problem and tried to fix it was the one that got the, the glory, not the person who knew how to, to, and listen, I'm trying to get everybody on Twitter to, to, you know punch their buttons for me in the other way and it's not based on how much i know it's how snarky i can be to republicans yeah and they go, oh that guy's really funny i'm gonna follow him but I, i'm not adding anything to the discourse yeah i mean it's it, it's you know you, but your your replies are, are always really funny uh go follow jay black on twitter it's jay black is funny uh on twitter yes, and please. uh is it what's your website is it jay black uh comedy it's jblack.tv, J-A-Y-B-L-E-C-K.tv. I'm putting out videos and stuff on the TikTok and the whatnot. Yeah. No no comparison to what Michael Kent's doing. But Thanks, if I buddy. could just get a small crumble of your audience to come over and like all of my videos, that would be awesome too. But you can find all that from the website, jblack.tv. Absolutely. Um, thanks so much for coming back on the show, man. Uh, I really appreciate having you here. Anytime. Look at me. I, my family's in the other room. They can't bother me. I might just sit here and pretend to be on a podcast for the next five <laughs> hours so that no one comes back in. Guys, I don't know. He's like a Joe Rogan. He's the Joe Rogan of magician podcasters. I don't know what to tell you. <laughs> Well, that's all for this week. Thank you so much to Jay Black for being my guest. Here's a citizen of Mattoon who's been gassed with helium. Also, he's British. Thank you for listening to The Internet Says It's True. To listen to episodes ad-free and a week early, support us on Patreon. You can do that at patreon.com forward slash Michael Kent. If you learned something just now that you didn't already know, go to the Apple Podcast app and leave us a review with five stars and a few words. That helps us a ton, because that's how the algorithm works. I don't know what an algorithm is, but just do it! See you next week for a brand new episode of The Internet Says It's True! The Internet Says It's True would like to thank the Patreon subscribers whose monthly contributions help to make this show possible. Dallas Ray, Sean Brown, Bryce Swanson, Eugene Anderson, Matt McVeigh, Jim Martin, Joanne Martin, the show's official Emperor Kick Track. The show is written and produced by me, Michael Kent. The theme song is by Finite Music Forge. All audio clips in this episode are used for education and commentary and used under Fair Use Title 17 USC Section 107. You can listen to past episodes by searching for The Internet Says It's True wherever you get your podcasts. And you can see bonus content at patreon.com slash Kent.